How's it going, everyone? Hope your holiday seasons went as smoothly as you planned. Today, I have an episode for you guys that I cannot believe I haven't done sooner. I mean, you'd think it'd be the most obvious concept, right? Make a Stocks for Dummies on your business stocks podcast. But uh, hey, better better late than never. So here we are. I'm bringing this to you guys today. And uh, just as an outline, this is going to be super simple, bare essential, basic kind of stuff. So if you're new and you don't understand this, how the stock market works, what a stock is, uh, this will be a great introduction for you. And for those of you who already know, uh, some of this stuff might seem kind of obvious to you, but maybe later in the podcast, I'll talk about some more definition stuff and some more technical terms. So that could actually help uh, brushing uh, some stuff up for you guys, you know, like dust off the bookcase. Um, I know it helped me a little bit going through some some specifics, but yeah, I think this should help the podcast, you know, branch out, be a little bit more accessible because, you know, talking about stocks is kind of a niche, you know, it's not something that everybody in the world knows about. So I, I think this will be a good baseline to explain what the, what stocks is, how you buy them, what they mean, uh, what even is the stock market, as basic as that. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the episode and let's get into it. All right, let's get started. Before we get into more of the complicated stuff, maybe technical stuff towards the end, let's start super basic and simple with what is a public versus a private company. So if you are a private company, that means that you're owned by the founders, uh, a management team, or a group of private investors, and most probably is a, a blending of those three things. If you are a private company, that means that I or anyone cannot buy that company's stock on the stock market. So just like Apple or Tesla, where you can buy a stock on the stock market, if it's a private company, you wouldn't be able to buy any stocks. They're not public on the stock market. So in order to be on the stock market, the company must be public. That's the first thing. So what does it mean to be public then? How can I, how can I convert that to being able to buy stocks on the stock market? A public company has an IPO, an initial public offering, where they basically become public and they sell a percentage of their stocks. Some companies go 100% public, meaning they sell 100% of their shares on the stock market, or some companies only go partially public. Maybe they only sell 50% of their company's shares on the stock market. However it is, those stocks are now traded on the stock market, and you can buy them publicly on the stock market. Now, people throw the word around you know, stock market all the time, but what does that actually mean? So the stock market is kind of like a mall where buyers and sellers can come and they exchange uh, equity and shares of public corporations. So what does equity mean? That That's kind of a fancy sounding word. For the point of this, equity and stocks are synonymous. They're the same thing. So don't be confused. Uh, they both refer to buying and selling a stock ownership in public companies. So equity is a percentage, just like a stock is, of, of that company. Now, there isn't just one massive stock market that the whole world operates on. There's not just one overarching stock market, and that is the stock market. That's not, that's not how it works. There are hundreds of stock markets all over the world, and uh, many of them are location-based. You know, location so the biggest, some of the biggest ones in the world are the NYSE, the New York Stock Exchange, the LSE, the London Stock Exchange, and then you have, let's say, the Shanghai Stock Exchange. And there's a a hundred more, but those are just three pretty big ones. And uh, there's not just one per country too. There are countries that have multiple different stock exchanges, but uh, those are just three big examples. So 
Now that we have that established, you, you trade on multiple stock exchanges. If you want to just trade on the New York Stock Exchange, you can totally just trade on the New York Stock Exchange. If you want to diversify and you know invest in some companies, because some companies are only public on certain stock exchanges. Just because I go public on the New York Stock Exchange doesn't mean you're going to be able to buy my company down on a Brazilian stock exchange or an Australian stock exchange. That's not how that works. So every stock exchange does uh, work independently. Now, let's talk about what it actually, what a stock actually means. So a stock, as simple as it can sound, is a percentage of a company. So think of every company and its shares as a pie chart. Let's say I buy one. one let's, let's talk about Apple. That's a company that everybody knows. Let's say I buy one share and my friend, he buys a thousand shares. We are both stockholders. Now he owns a bigger piece of the pie, but we still own pieces of the pie. Now, a company like Apple has the most shares in the world, more than any company. They have 14.6 billion shares. That's a lot. And uh, even though I own one and he owns a thousand, again, we're still stockholders. But even if you own a million, you still own a very, very small piece of the pie, especially when you're talking about a massive company like Apple. But you literally own part of the company Apple. That's what it means. There's no don't don't get it twisted. If you own one or a thousand, you are technically an owner. Very very small minority, of course, but you technically own part of Apple. You know the the brand of your computer, maybe or your phone or whatever else. Now, let's talk about actually how stocks turn into profit, or if you're unlucky, how you actually can lose money. So these numbers are inaccurate, but it just makes the example itself much simpler to uh, internalize. So sticking with Apple, because you might as well, let's say that I buy a stock of Apple in this hypothetical scenario for $100. There's one of a couple of things that could happen. Let's talk about how I could make money first. I could make money by the stock price rising. That's the most simple and... <clears throat> That's the most simple uh, and popular way, of course, that everybody would be able to infer. So let's say the stock price rises. Why could that happen? The CEO of Apple, something great happens, or the new iPhone comes out and everyone loves it, or Apple says, we're going to move into virtual reality. So that bumps up the stock price because people believe in the company and they get excited about it. The, the, the price of a stock is very, very headline driven. Of course, the performance of a company, like if a company is doing good or bad by the numbers, is going to affect the stock price. But also the morale about around the country, uh, the country, the company is very, very important to the stock price. So good news happens to Apple. They have a really good third quarter, maybe or fourth quarter. Numerically, the stock price rises. It goes from $100 to $150. Now, you technically haven't made any money yet. Sure, you bought it at $100 and now it's at $150. But until you sell that, you've made no money. So if there's bad news that happens and now the price goes down to 120 and you sell it, you don't get $150. You get 120 and you miss out on that potential $30. That's why in the stock market, they always say hindsight is 2020 because nobody really knows the perfect time to buy and sell. And it's just about timing it the best that you can. Buying when the price is high and or selling rather when the price is high and buying when the price is low and you think that it's going to go up. Now, that's one way you can make money. What's the other way? The other way is something called a dividend. And this is not required by companies. Companies don't have to pay dividends. That's why I, I, this was the second example that I wanted to use because it's not as mainstream as the first. Now, 
how a, what a dividend basically means is a company takes part of its profits and it chops it up into a bunch of small pieces and it gives every single person that owns a, a share of the company uh, a little bit of extra money to reflect their thanks, basically. You know, and why would the company do this? A, it creates more loyal investors. So some people invest in stocks because they pay a dividend. And it also makes it more attractive to buy for people that don't own it. So it makes the stock more attractive to outside investors. Now, a big company that does this, or at least I know has historically done this, is AT&T. That's a big dividend stock. They pay a dividend, usually annually, although they're not all annually, to their shareholders. So if you own one or a thousand, you're still going to get paid. Obviously, the thousand will get paid more because they own more shares, but you'll still get paid. And uh, that's, you know, that's that's a, uh, another way that you can make money off of a stock. But again, this isn't mandatory. So let's say I'm Apple again, because that's the, you know, the, the motif company I'm using here. And I make a boatload of money. I don't have to pay my shareholders anything. And likewise, if I'm AT&T and I'm already paying my, my uh, shareholders dividends and we have a terrible year, I can say no dividends this year. Money's tight. We can't do it. So it's not required. So that's, that's something that you, you got to make sure um, that you understand. It's not required, but it's definitely a huge plus and uh, a reason people you know invest in certain companies. Now, how can you lose money? The same way that I said you can make money. A stock price goes up. A stock price can also go down. So if I buy that Apple stock for 100 bucks and something terrible happens, let's say they release a new iPhone again, but this iPhone stinks and everybody hates it, and the stock price goes down, there's no way you can get that money back unless the stock price goes back up and you wait. But if it's 100 bucks and it goes down to 80 and you sell it, you lost 20 bucks. That's the, the risk that you kind of take where you, know, you want to maybe invest in more stable companies that aren't going to get big drops, but they're also not going to raise super quickly. Or maybe I want a company that's risky where I could make a lot of money or I could lose all my money. And you got to kind of be able to uh, internalize that and be concrete in your decision and understand the repercussions potentially of your investing decisions. Uh, but yeah, so that's how you can make money. And that's also how you can lose money in the stock market. So now you understand what a stock is, what a stock market is. Well, I hope you understand. And that's great. So you know that there are stock markets spread around the world. You understand better what it means to own a stock, buy a stock, how you can make or lose money. But do people actually regulate this or is the stock market on just like a buddy good moral system? Well, I can guarantee you that's not the case because if the stock market did operate on a moral basis, we'd have the Wolf of Wall Street times a million worldwide where people are just getting ripped off. So who actually is the police of the stock market per se? Well, every country is different, but I'll use the U.S. as an example. There is a government agency called the SEC, which stands for the Securities and Exchange Commission, created by the U.S. government. And just like I said before, they are the police of the U.S. stock market. Now, what does that actually mean? They protect investors from bad players in the market. So they prevent fraud, uncover illegal investment schemes, uh, investigate insider trading, and all other sorts of crimes that you can think of. So they basically protect you. And the SEC was established um, in 1933, largely in response to the stock market crash of 1929 that led to the Great Depression, of course. 
Now, the SEC can actually bring civil action against lawbreakers, and it can also work with the Justice Department on criminal case. So this is serious stuff. You can go to jail for a very long time if you are caught in a big enough illegal scandal. Now, of course, like I said before, the SEC is for the U.S., but there are other ones worldwide. So for the U.K., for example, there's something called the FCA, which stands for the Financial Conduct Authority. They basically all do very, very similar things. But of course, every country is going to have their own agency to watch over that kind of stuff. Now, what would an actual example be of a potential offense that could get you in trouble? So let's say hypothetically that I am a lawyer or a best friend of a big time CEO. And I learn in a confidential meeting that the CEO is going to get in trouble for something. Maybe, I don't know, he got a DUI or something terrible happened. There's big news. Like, let's say I'm best friends with Elon Musk, and I learned something's happening with Tesla, that he did something, and the news hasn't broken public yet. So nobody else knows except for me and a handful of people. And I know, oh, crap, this Tesla stock is going to tank. It's going to lose a ton of points. It's going to lose a lot of money. And I personally own Tesla stock. I'm going to sell all my Tesla stock. And then this news is going to hit public. The stock price is going to go super far down. And then I'm going to buy back in. I'm going to buy a ton of stock again once the price goes down, because then I think it's going to rise again later. That would be why. That is illegal, because basically any non-public information that you know, insider trading, insider meaning I got insider knowledge that the everyday person wouldn't know, that's illegal, because that's an unfair trade. You're making a decision on the stock market based on information that nobody else has. So if you make a, a you know an inference or a prediction on a stock based on public information, meaning anybody anybody could have accessed that information and you guessed right and you know the stock price goes up that you bought or you sold and then the stock price goes down, good for you. That's totally cool. That's you know good for you. That was a good investment. But if you do it in a way where you're cheating per se, not even per se, you're cheating, you know information that nobody else knows, that's illegal. And uh, don't worry about that. That's not a very easy thing to just walk into. You know, it's a big deal uh, when something like that happens. And uh, yeah, but that would be an example of a crime that you could commit called insider trading that would get you in trouble. For this next part of the uh, episode here, I want to do something maybe a little bit more interactive. This may work. This may not work as if you're driving or something, you're just going to have to listen. But if you're able to pull up your phone or pull up your computer and look up Yahoo Finance. Now, I have Tesla pulled up here on Yahoo Finance, and I'm basically going to explain some numbers and metrics to you guys just so you can look at a page like this, and it doesn't have to be Yahoo Finance, whatever you want to use, but just for the sake of simplicity, so we're looking at the same thing, I'm using Yahoo Finance, just so you know what you're looking at and you can be able to make a decision on whether you want to invest in this stock or not, or quite frankly, just to know what you're looking at. So in the top left here, it, it, on the computer at least, it has the stock price. So that number uh, in bolded black, right now it's 1,149.59, and that's in dollars. And that is the stock price. And then you'll see next to it, you'll see uh, a plus or minus of uh, today. It's Tesla did not have too great of a day. It says minus 50.19. So that's how much money Tesla has lost today, the stock. So if it's green and there's a plus next to it, that means they made money. The stock price went up today. If it's red and like that, it went down. And then next to that, there's a percentage. So today it's minus one or minus 4.18. 
So that $50 that it lost, that accounts to 4% of the stock price that it lost. Now looking at the actual chart itself, you see we have a bunch of different timetables here. We have something that says 1D, we have something that says uh, 5D, 1M, 6M, YTD, 1Y, 5Y, and max. So those are just different timetables that you can look at the stock price. So starting with one day, you'll see this graph and it, you know, it's probably, I'm looking at Tesla right now and it's kind of all over the place. This is the price and there's uh, times associated with it if you drag your mouse across it. This is what the Tesla stock price was throughout today. If you click the 5D, that means this is the last five days. So I can see in Tesla, oh, look right here, there was a huge jump in Tesla stock price of uh, like a hundred bucks on Monday in one day. So I don't I don't know actually what happened with Tesla on that day. Maybe there was uh, some news of quarter earnings or some news about something supply chain related. But for whatever reason, the stock jumped up a hundred bucks that day. If you go to one month, six months, year to date, which just is, uh, of course, that changes every day. So if it's uh, January 3rd or January 4th today, it's going to show me from today all the way from January 3rd or January 4th last year. So it's the year to whatever day you're looking at it. Then you have one year uh, and then you have five years. Um, five years for every stock might not actually be five full years because if a company hasn't been public for five years, there's not five years of information uh, to show. So, so yeah, that may not be true for everything. Now let's actually look at some some numbers here. So we have these charts uh, over on the left side of a, of a bunch of numbers that without any proper understanding probably won't really mean anything. So up on the top right here, there's something that's uh, called the market cap. And for Tesla, Tesla has a pretty massive market cap of uh, 1.154 trillion. Depending on what company you are looking at, that's probably going to be in the billions or the millions because there are not many companies that have uh, a market cap in the trillions. But if you are looking at Tesla, of course they do. And uh, what what is the market cap? What is that? What does that phrase actually mean? So the market cap uh, is basically the total value of all stocks in the market. Um, so yeah, that, that's what it is. So I talked about Apple before earlier in the podcast. So how you would calculate Apple's market share is I said there was 14.6 billion shares. I would multiply that 14.6 billion shares times the price. And that would give you the market cap. So all the market cap means again, it's how many stocks are there? How many shares are there? Times what's the price? It's the total value of all the stocks of the company that are public. So that's what that means. Now, what do some other simple things mean? Like what is the 52 week range? The 52 week range is, well, 52 weeks in the last year. What's the lowest the price has been? What's the highest the price has been? Looking at a stock like Tesla, this is a super, super volatile stock, meaning it goes up and it goes down a lot more than other stocks. So their 52 week range, to uh, today, it might be the same when you're listening, is 539 roughly to 1243. That's massive. It's not normal for stocks to be jumping up and down 
more, you know, like double it's, it's 52 week high is double as 52 week low. That's not normal. Um, especially when we're talking about stocks that are as expensive as Tesla, but that's because this parlays really well into this. Let's look at the beta. It says beta parentheses, five Y monthly, five year monthly. Now for Tesla, that number is 2.04. What does the beta actually mean? The beta measures the volatility of a stock compared to the market. So if we could sum all of the market up, because the market kind of moves as a whole, there's better days in the market and worse days in the market. Um, the market is one in this metric. It is, it is a constant. So it is one. Now, if a stock's beta, if a company's beta is below one, that means it's less volatile than the market. So if the market has a bad day, you know, COVID hits, the whole market, you know, is hurt by that. If your company's beta is below one, so it's like 0.6, it's going to move less than the market. So if the market goes down, it's not going to fall fall down as much. But inversely, if the stock market goes up, you know, the whole morale of the stock market goes up, that company is not going to go up as much. When you have a company like Tesla, who, because it has a, a beta of 2.04, that means it is two times more volatile than the market. If the market goes down or the market goes up, as a whole, COVID hits, Tesla is going to get hit worse than the market. But if the market's booming, Tesla is going to go up more than the market. So this gets into the trickiness and risk factor of investing. Do you want a much safer stock or do you want a more risky stock? I guarantee you, if I look up Microsoft, which I'm going to do right now, bear with me, I guarantee you Microsoft is below one. Yeah, Microsoft is 0.87. So it is far more safe to invest in Microsoft than, say, Tesla. If I look at Microsoft's 52-week range, it goes from $211 to $349. Still a healthy difference, you know, like $130. But Tesla, we're looking at $700. So, and even if you're going to say, well, you know, Tesla's stock is worth more money, so the, you know, the proportion's different, that proportion is still massively bigger on Tesla's side, even though... Uh, you're dealing with bigger numbers in general. So a company like Microsoft is probably going to be a safer investment where you might not make as much money, but you also might not lose as much money. It's more reliable. You feel more comfortable, like you know what you're going to get from that, um, from that company and from the stock price. Okay, great. So now you understand more about the stocks themselves, stock market, uh, how to read maybe like a Yahoo Finance page, a little bit more about the regulatory bodies of stock markets. And uh, I could get more into detail. I could talk about, you know, the PE ratios, some more technical um, DCF discounted cash flow model stuff. I can get into more specifics, but I think I could do that maybe in future episodes. Maybe I could do a more intermediate stocks episode where I'll talk uh, about a stuff that that's kind of a step higher than uh, the basic rudimentary stuff that I went over in this episode. But uh, just to end off, really, now that you know everything about stocks in the stock market, how do you actually buy one? So I've told you the concept, what it means to own one. But physically, you know, how do I get a stock? Now, you don't just if I want an Apple stock, you don't go on Apple's website, and there's not a place where you can go buy one, you can't walk into an Apple store and purchase a stock. You uh, need to buy the. You need to buy stocks through a broker, or through. Um, th there are various different platforms that you can use. So a popular one would be 
something like Robinhood. Uh, that's an app that you can download on your phone. You can put money into an account and uh, you can buy and sell stocks through that. Um, they will take a very small transaction fee. A lot of places do take a very small transaction fee, but it's it's not really sizable at all. So assuming that you made a little bit of money, it, it won't be, uh, they're not going to take a lot of your profits. Um, I personally like to use TD Ameritrade. Um, you can also use, depending on who you have ca- accounts with, you can use uh, like Charles Schwab and uh, a couple of others. But um, if you have any questions about that, you know, you can just do a quick Google search, uh, use Robinhood, or you can um, hit up your bank and see if they have some sort of brokerage or, so- or something that you can trade through through whatever bank that you uh, have your money invested in, obviously. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's not a very difficult process. Basically, the hardest part is just setting up the account. And uh, the same thing goes for something like cryptocurrency. Now, cryptocurrency is a little bit more new, so it's going to be a little bit harder. But there are a couple of different things like Coinbase is a good one. You can download that on your phone or something called Kraken. Um, so it, it works the same thing for cryptocurrency. But usually, um, from my experience, you cannot buy cryptocurrency on a lot of stock trading platforms. So on something like TD Ameritrade and Robinhood, I'm pretty sure as well, you cannot buy cryptocurrency. So you'd have to get another one like Coinbase or something. Um, and you could buy and sell cryptocurrencies on on those trading platforms. But yeah, no, that basically sums it all up. If um, you guys have any questions or there's something that you would want me to cover in a more future uh, intermediate episode or whatnot, um, just shoot me a message on whatever platform, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, I think you can comment on podcasts, so that's a good way as well. And uh, yeah, any way that you could reach out to me, because uh, I think I definitely will do another episode of this, maybe with more technical and and complex things, uh, kind of as a step up. But I think this was a good episode that I can't believe I haven't done sooner, as I mentioned at the beginning, because this is kind of integral to a business and stocks podcast, you'd think. But yeah, I hope this was clear and understanding and you got something out of it or understandable and that you got something out of it. And uh, I'll catch you guys next episode. Peace out and be well.